0: I want to welcome you once again today, whether you're joining us online or whether you're here in the house, we're so thankful that you're here. And just to echo what Josiah said, man, I just encourage you to remember this week, especially that you are a citizen of heaven, the kingdom of God. If you've given your life to Christ, man, you serve um, a higher king. And, um, and because of that, we could just be thankful that man, we're brothers and sisters in Christ and that we're not gonna let anything divide us. We're going to love each other and keep acting like brothers and sisters. And so I just wanna encourage you with that. Today, we are closing out uh, week four, the last installment of our All Things New series. And so, so far we've talked about how we need a new heart. You know, we need a new mind and we need a new soul. And so this week we're, we're talking about the topic, I need new strength. Have you ever felt like you just didn't have enough? My hands up, anybody else? I need more strength. Um, I think it's every single one of us, we get to a certain point in life and we're like, man, I'm, I'm, it's all gone. I don't have any more to give. I've completely exhausted all the reserves of my strength and I need new strength. One of my power, my most uh, favorite thing in the whole entire world are power tools. Any guys, Any anybody? Uh, Matt was telling me the other day, he's at Home Depot just drooling all over the Black Friday sales. Why? Because of the power in the power tool. But one time we had to do some work at our house and, and the inspector told us uh, that we had to dig all the way around this garage that we wanted to turn into living space and put footers underneath it. And I'm like, what in the world? How's that even possible? And so my excavator buddy comes over with a little tiny excavator and just starts going to town. And man, a great tool in the great of a good op- of a, of a great operator can cause significant damage, right? And so, I mean, in just a couple hours, he has the whole thing dug out around here, ready for us to trench pour these footers. And I'm like, dude, This is the best thing known to man. And this was a little one, a little excavator and the power in that machine, I just couldn't believe it. And then the inspector tells us, okay, now you need to go eight inches underneath. And there was no way to get any excavator underneath the slab of this garage. And so what do I do? I call 10 young adults from our church and I'm like, dude, I'm giving you 10 bucks an hour. I need you to come dig. And so we're all down in this trench with shovels, chipping away at this hard packed clay underneath this slab. And let me tell you what, we did not have enough strength, (laughs) you know? And it was just this perfect picture of the comparison between this powerful excavator and the power of man. And we just didn't measure up. But hey, three hours later, Later, we're sweating bullets. We get the job done. But if I had not had these young, strapping young men to help me, it would never have happened. But man, it got done. But at the end of the day, we were tired. We were spent. How many of you, how many of you know that the Bengals last Sunday needed some extra strength? How do you score five touchdowns and still lose? Right? Right? man, y'all are kind of quiet. Did I, just, did I did I touch a nerve? I'm not from here, so it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you probably, but you know, sometimes you just need a little bit more strength to get the ball over the goal line through the uprights to get the W. Man, it's the same in our life that our best strength, sometimes we come with everything we got. We even get five touchdowns on the board. We do everything that we could do and at the end of the day we still feel like it's just not enough and the whole premise of this series is that man God I want to love you just like Jesus said with all of my heart with all of my soul with all of my mind and with all of my strength but sometimes we get to the end of the day and it's like God I don't feel like I have enough strength to love you like I ought or like I should our best strength just isn't enough. Well, I wanna encourage you with a few Bible verses this morning before we get into how we can love God with all of our strength. Listen, Nehemiah 8.10 says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength, amen? Psalm 73.26 says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. 1 Corinthians 16.13 says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. And then lastly, my favorite, Isaiah 40.31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They'll soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And so, man, these are just five verses really quick, but you can look all over God's word and find all kinds of promises about God's strength. And when we walk lockstep with the Father, that there's more than enough strength, there's more than enough power, there's always an appropriation of grace for what you're going through that will be enough. In my weakness, he is strong, amen? So it's clear, and we're not going to get into it today because, man, you could just open up your Bible and find a story of God's strength. But it's so clear that lasting, long-haul strength comes from God, and it's readily available. There is no shortage, and there never will be. And so if you came today and you're like, Joe, I just don't have enough strength, I just want to encourage you today that God has enough but we have to make choices. As human beings, God has given us free will. He's given us the choice to follow him or not. And we have to make choices about how we're gonna appropriate this strength in our own lives. And so just to be clear, the question is not, is God strong? The question is, how do I love Jesus with all my strength? And how do I tap into his strength? How do I take what's readily available to me and apply it in my life. And so we're going to talk about three main areas and then we're going to wrap up with a fourth point the whole series today that how am I going to love Jesus with all my strength? And the first area this morning is with my calling. With my calling. Galatians 6, 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. You see, a calling is something that God places on your life that, that you're going to continue to serve that calling now and forever. And now there's some, there's some callings that God gives to you for a time or for a place, and then you move on. But, man, there's a whole lot that God has called you to that you can latch on to that is forever. That it doesn't change with the seasons or geographical moves. Or, and it doesn't change with when you take a different job. There, there's all kinds of things that God has called you as a believer in Christ to that is plenty to get you excited about and to really apply your strength to in your life. And so the big question is, am I functioning in the area of my calling? You see, there's a general calling on your life, what God has called every believer to, and there are specific callings in your life, specific things that Jesus has called you to do. As I've worked with people, especially young people over the years, and how to figure out and how to pursue God's calling on your life, what I have noticed is that many, many times we overcomplicate this in a major, major way. And, and, and this is one major area where people get analysis or paralysis by analysis. You, have you ever been there? And you're like, God, I'm searching so hard to figure out what you're calling me to do. And you search and you search and you try and you try and, you, and you're just looking and you're thinking, man, God, what about me? What's the, what's the unique thing that you've placed me on this earth for? And you look at all this stuff that you miss the things that are so abundantly clear in God's word. And here's what I've learned as a follower of Christ that when I can't figure out exactly the specific thing that God wants me to do at this moment, that I fall back on what I already know to do because God has given us, uh, every single one of us as believers, a general calling in his word. You see, here's just a few things that God has called every single one of you to do. God made you to love you and he made you to love him back, right? We can always fall back on that. God, what have you called me to do? Well, first of all, God made you so that he could love you. Second, he made you so that you could love him back. And if you do nothing else in life and you just do that, you're going to be okay. Another general call for all of us is the Great Commission, right? Go into all the world. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, teaching them baptizing them to do everything that Jesus has commanded us to do. Listen, if you have a spouse and you have kids, you have a calling on your life to be the best spouse or parent that you could possibly be. Every single one of you sitting in this room, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, you are called to bear fruit. What fruit? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, goodness, all these things that God wants to bear through you, you're called to do that, right? And so a lot of times when people are searching for their calling and I'm talking to them as a pastor and I'm helping them try to figure it out and I mention some of these huge buckets in their life, like, well, hey, when's the last time that you told somebody about your relationship with Jesus and, and, you, and you're saying, hey, I wanna help lead somebody else to Jesus. They'll say, they, they So many, I cannot even tell you how many times I've heard this. Well, yeah, Joe, I know that, but I'm really looking for what God has called just me to do. To which I want to tell that person, and I do, listen, don't treat as mundane what God deems essential. Do not look at the very plain Black and white things that God has called us to do in His Word, and treat those as just the oh, those are just the basic things. Those are just oh, I learned that in Sunday school. Oh, I learned that when I was a little kid. No, Joe, I really want to move on to the deep things of faith. Man, you want to get me fired up and you start telling me that you want to move on to the deep things of faith? Listen. There is nothing more deep than loving Jesus. There is nothing more deep than loving your spouse and your kids like God wants you to. There is nothing more deep than telling your neighbor about Jesus. And so if you're searching for something more deep in Christ, but you're forgetting to do the things you already know how to do, or you know you should be doing, like walking across the street and leading your neighbor to Jesus, then don't talk to me about deep. Amen. Because so much of the time we wanna, we wanna figure out how God has made me so unique and we're forgetting to just straight up obey and do the things that Christ has called us to do. Listen, only you can love your kids the way that they need their father or mother to love them. Only you can walk in your shoes and go to the places that you go and live out the life that God has called you to live every single day. Only you can wield the kind of influence that God created you to have in the people that you're rubbing shoulders with every day. So don't downplay what God has elevated. Don't look at little opportunities in your life as just like, well, that's not, what I do isn't as important as what so-and-so does. Do not call mundane what God calls purposeful. Don't downplay in your life what God has elevated as so important. So much of the time when we serve Jesus and we apply strength to our life and we say, here's, man, I want to do what God's called me to do, we resort to what feels good. We resort to what makes us feel good. But listen, church, it's not... What you feel, it's what's real. It's not just what you feel, it's what's real. And what's real is that God has called you to love Him, to love others, and to lead people to Christ. And so if you really want to apply your strength in life, apply it to the things that matter most. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is um, the, the, the calling of Elisha the prophet. Elijah was his predecessor. Elijah had just got done doing some amazing things. And and then all of a sudden, in 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21, Elijah just walks up to Elisha, who's plowing in a field with with his ox, and throws his cloak over his shoulders and walks away. Can you imagine? And back then, Elijah was the man. And so Elisha is like, doing his work can you imagine somebody just shows up in your job comes in throws their cloak in your back and walks away so Elisha runs after Elijah and is like hey I'll follow you because Elisha knew that that was a symbol of Elijah saying come be my apprentice come be my assistant come and follow me and I'm going to teach you to do what I do and so Elisha runs after. He's like, "Hey, I'll follow you. I'll come with you. But first, let me go home and say goodbye to my parents and take care of some things." And Elijah is like, "Go do what you got to do, but think about what I've done to you." And so what Elisha does next is something amazing. He takes his ox and his plow, which were his means of provision. That was his job. That was his livelihood. That was how he put food in his mouth. That was his work. That was his employment. That was his income. And he kills the ox. He has a barbecue and he cooks the ox with the plow. So he cuts up the plow. He starts a campfire. He cooks the ox and he feeds all of his friends and has a party. And basically saying, hey, I'm done with this old life. I'm going on into the new calling that God has created me to, right? He burned the plow. He he, he drew a line in the sand and he said, Jesus, this is where I was and here's where I'm going, right? And man, when we hear stories like that, these days, and maybe these days, it's like, man, somebody sells everything, and they go to the mission field, or they, they, they decide to leave one town, and they go to a next, because that's what God is calling them to do, and, and we see, you know, see people that go, and they do these amazing things in other countries, and we're like, man, that's really awesome. That's really spiritual, and we think, man, those are extraordinary things, but I want you to hear this today, that when God calls you God's call on your life and what he's leading to you to do is no different. Because a lot of times in the the church world, we say, well, man, that was an amazing thing, but I'm just a normal person. I just just do kids ministry. Or I just greet at the door. Or I just do X, Y, and Z. But God is looking you right in the eye today. And he wants you to know that there's the same weight to each calling. It's not like God calls somebody to do something and they're more spiritual than others. No, there's this thing in God's word called the priesthood of all believers. That man, if you follow Christ, he wants to work through your life in a powerful way. And so there's the same weight to each calling. There's the same intensity that you can have. There's the same excitement, the same adventure. If you're a stay-at-home mom and you're you're growing up kids, if you're teaching at a school, if you're a dad, if you're in the marketplace or if you're in ministry, I want to encourage you to go for it with a burn-the-plow kind of attitude. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to leave your job, but it means that you're going to say, hey, I'm going to go all in to what God has called me to do. If I'm a garbage man, I'm going to do it to the glory of God. If I'm a doctor, I'm going to do it to the glory of God. Why? Because this is my calling in life. You see, to burn the plow figuratively, like to say, God, I'm going to give it everything for you, is a worthy response to both the general or specific calls that God has in your life. Don't downplay what God has called essential you know, sometimes there's an argument between passion and provision when it comes to your calling. Like, well, Joe, I would love to do what I love to do, but i got to pay the bills, right? i got to put food on the table. And I would say, yes, you absolutely do, and that's scriptural. Not everybody gets to do what they love to do for money, unfortunately. That's just not real life. You hear some people say, hey, go find what you love to do and just do that. And that works really well until the kids are hungry, Right? sometimes man you go for it and you give everything and and you find your dream and you do it and it works out and that's exactly what God has for your life and sometimes you do something that you really don't love that much to put food on the table and I don't think that God looks down on that I think God says man great job for being a great provider for being somebody that is is taking care of their family and a lot of times it's not what you do it's how you do it anyway Have you ever seen dirty jobs, you know, on TV? It's not like everybody has these glorious jobs and they just love their job and get to do it. And so sometimes it's not necessarily about what you're doing, it's how you're doing it. And so don't get mixed up about that, that you're missing God's calling for your life just because you do a job that you don't like. You might be exactly where God wants you to be. And you can still love God with all your strength and your calling. Sometimes we get uh, mixed up with the personal and the corporate when it comes to church, right? And we're like, well, the church is doing this, but I really feel like God's calling me to do this. Hey, listen, man, your first job as a believer in Christ, as a part of a, of a church body, is to be a part of the body, not necessarily to do all the, all the preferences that you have, but to do, to come together with the body of Christ to reach your community for him. And so don't don't get hung up about, man, this is just my unique thing. No, be a part of the body. Jesus never created anybody to be a one-man show in the church. He wants us all to contribute. And so find something that God is blessing and be a part of that. So what are you called to do? Man, you're called to love Jesus. You're called to provide for your family. You're called to to be a part of the Great Commission. You're called to bear fruit, right? Right? And so don't feel as you search out your calling that it has to be something just like amazing. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's called being faithful. And when Jesus, you stand before Jesus, he's not gonna say, man, look at what all you did. He's gonna say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Man, don't get bogged down in comparison when it comes to your calling. Man, we do this so much we're like, well, well, what God's called me to do isn't as good as what he's called Pastor Joe to do. Don't do that. Don't sell yourself short. What God has called you to do is every bit as valuable to Jesus as what he's called anybody else to do. You have a platform, you have influence, and you have a place in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Second way that you can love Jesus with all your strength today is with your energy with my energy. And I'm not talking about some new wave kind of energy, I'm just talking about straight up, man, my energy, like I gotta get up and I gotta get after it today. I've gotta use the strength that God has breathed into me for his glory with your energy. And so when it comes to your energy in your life, uh, there's two things you have to do. You have to manage it and you have to maximize it. You have to manage it and you have to maximize it. Listen, I have a limited supply of energy and that's okay. I love to run races and and over the years I've run a lot of long races. And so I can't start sprinting right out of the gate because if I'm running a marathon, it's 26.2 miles long. So I have to pace myself right? I have to to think about what I'm putting in my body. I have to be strong. I have to push at the right times and go easy at the right times. I have to manage my energy. Listen, research shows that in your life, every single day, you get interrupted or distracted every three minutes. Every three minutes, you get interrupted or distracted. I read a book that talked about the 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 um, the loss of investment that happens in businesses because people are so constantly distracted, and it was in the millions and billions of dollars of lost and wasted, uh, you know, money that they're paying people all because people get so distracted all the time. Listen. When it comes to how you apply yourself to God's purposes, don't get distracted. Manage your energy. If you're doing something for Jesus, give it your all. Give it your everything. Apply yourself. One thing I've noticed as I get older, I have less, less energy, right? I've got it in my mind, but my body sometimes quits on its own. Anybody ever been there? And so I've got, to be, I've got to be smart. I've got to manage my energy. I've got to use it on the right things. I've got to apply my energy to eternal purposes. I've got to think about what breaks the heart of God and give my energy in those spaces. Listen, if you run around doing things that all the time that don't have an eternal purpose, I would question your calendar. And how you're managing your time, if, if you are so spent all the time that you don't have energy, any energy for the kingdom of God and serving at church or, or leading a life group or being in a small group or being, being a part of what God is doing in some way, then I would say that you're, you're, the management of your energy is a little bit out of whack. I love what Craig Rochelle says. He he says, if you always respond to what's urgent, you'll inevitably sacrifice what's important, right? You got to manage your energy because if you don't, other things are going to decide what's really important to you. And you're going to give your energy to all these urgent things. People are pulling on you all the time. I need this and I need that. And at the end of the day, you're going to be like, God, I didn't give you any of it. I didn't give you any of my energy because we didn't manage it well. The hardest person for you to manage in your life, the hardest situation for you to manage in in your life is your own. It's you. It's the person who uses your toothbrush, right? Every day I've got to say, hey, God, you give me this life to manage. I've got to manage it well. If I don't manage it, someone else will. The demands of life will overrun me. Proverbs 21, 31 says, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. Amen. So it's my job to prepare the horse. It's my job to say, hey, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to plan. I'm going I'm to apply my energy like God wants me to, and then God's going to bring the victory through my life. I have to do my best managing my energy so that I don't miss out on what God wants me to do. The other thing we got to do is we got to maximize our, our energy. I love in Ecclesiastes 10.10, it says, Using a dull axe requires great strength, so sharpen the blade. Right? Common sense. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. When's the last time you just took an audit of how you're using your energy? Is there a way to do it better? Is there a way to do it faster? Is there a way to do it, uh, you know, with more efficiency? Right? make yourself a good vessel. What's one way that you can maximize your energy? By taking care of your physical body. Man, if I have more energy because I'm taking care of myself physically, guess what that equals? More availability to Jesus. If I have more energy because I'm taking care of myself physically, I'm going to have more energy to give to the kingdom of God and its purposes. You've got to stretch yourself. Sometimes you got to break yourself down and build yourself up again. Uh, man, I've been watching Jason and Levi. They just started a wrestling practice this week in, in Milford. And uh, Jason started lifting weights, which he hasn't done real consistently lately. And So the day after his first practice, his whole body hurt. And he's like, oh my gosh, I can barely move, right? It's because he's breaking down those muscles and he's getting stronger again. Sometimes that's what it, it looks like in your life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break myself down a little bit so I can get stronger. you got to maximize your energy. You can do this physically. You can do it mentally, reading. You can do it relationally. I'm going to get around good. I'm going to be intentional about who I get around because I, I'm going to be around people that fill my tank instead of t- people that just drain me all the time. How are you maximizing your energy for the kingdom of God? Number three, how do I love Jesus with all my strength? With my service. With my service. Listen, if you want new strength, serve others. If you want new strength, serve others. And you're like, Joe, that sounds really counterproductive. Like, how am I going to get new strength if I'm giving my strength away to other people? Well, listen, it's what Jesus did. If you want the strength Jesus had, it would make sense to do what Jesus did. In Philippians 2, it's it's an amazing picture. It says that he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. In in other words, he served. He humbled himself in obedience to, to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, and man, this therefore can be your therefore, God elevated him to the highest place of honor, gave him the name above all other names. You know, you're not going to get that. That was just for Jesus, but the principle holds true for you too. That And that every name, at the, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. So what happened? Jesus humbled himself, he served others and God lifted him up. God lifted him up and put him at the place of honor at his right hand and now at the, you know, he has the name above every name, every knee is going to bow to Jesus. And so how do we apply that principle to our life? When I serve other people, God's going to fill me up. When I get low, God's going to lift me up. When I use my strength to put other people first, God's going to give me more strength. Amen. There's an amazing example of this in Exodus 17, 11 through 13. And let me just set the stage. The Israelites are in a valley battling against the Amalekites. Hand-to-hand combat, sword to sword, shield to shield, they're going at it. Moses is up on the hill. And every time that Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage But whenever he dropped his hand, the the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became tired, and he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur, they found a stone for him to sit on, and then they stood up on each side of Moses holding up his hands. And so his hands held steady until sunset. Can you imagine holding your hands up all day? I couldn't do it. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the the army of Amalek, In battle and so get this Joshua's down in the battle and three guys that aren't even in the battle are up on the hill and because of what they did the Israelites won down in the valley this is a powerful principle for you and for me we don't have to be on the stage. We don't have to be the main man. We don't have to be the main woman. We don't have to be the one calling all the shots. We can be the one in somebody's armpit up on the hill. Think about this. Moses and the Israelites, they're in the wilderness. They're, they're, they're stepping into the promised land. I don't think that they were taking showers every day. I don't think that they had the, the clothes washer and the clothes dryer Moses probably did not smell very good. And here's Moses with his hands up, and Aaron and Hur on either side of him holding holding up his arm all up in Moses' armpit. These are not the things that we think about usually when we read God's word, but if you think about it, here are these two guys up in Moses' armpit doing what God had called them to do. Did I mention dirty jobs? Right? Regardless of where God has placed you in his kingdom and what job he has called you to do, when you serve others, there's going to be an amazing result of harvest in the kingdom of God. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek. Because of Aaron and her up in Moses' armpits, holding up his arms, God came through. Where does God have you? What are you doing with your life? Are you applying the strength of God in a way that is going to to have that kind of result? Listen, the greatest contribution you might make in this world might not be something you do, but someone you're raising, someone you're encouraging someone you're serving, somebody that you're building up, some knows that you're wiping back in the kids' area, some student that doesn't know who they are yet, but because you showed up on a Wednesday night and you held up their arms and you encourage them as they fight their battles at school, you encourage them as they figure out what they believe in God's word and they, they get grounded and and. Bible based beliefs. Man, whose arms are you holding up? How are you serving? How are you using the strength that God is giving you to serve His purposes? So, how are we loving Jesus with all of our strength, with our calling, with our energy, and with our service? And number four, as we wrap up this series today, with all of the above. When I say all of the above, I'm not just talking about what we talked about today. I'm talking about our heart, with our mind, our soul, with our attitude, with our outlook, with our thoughts, with everything that we have. Listen, physical strength, our strength in life is a byproduct of of a healthy life, a holistic, healthy life. What do I mean by that? I mean that you can't be strong If your heart is unhealthy, eventually it'll catch up to you. I can't be strong if my mind is unhealthy. Eventually, if I have an unhealthy mind, it's going to affect my physical strength. I can't be strong if my soul is unhealthy. Right? It's all of the above. And so that's why the seriousness is is so important, because it's just an all-in deal. Jesus, I'm all in for you. Saying, Jesus... I want to lay down my life for you just lay, like you laid down your life for me. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you came and you're far from God and you don't know what's going on in your life and you're searching and you thought, man, I'd just come to Mosaic this morning to, to hear about Jesus and to see if maybe, maybe that's the answer. I just want to encourage you today as you're searching and as you're trying to figure life out and you're trying to figure out where, uh, where your place is in this world. I just encourage you, Jesus laid down everything for you. He laid his life down on a cross. He was beaten, nails in his hands, nails through his feet. His side was pierced. His blood was poured out. He suffered in unimaginable agony so that you and I could have a relationship with him. And so as we talk about, man, loving God with all of our heart and all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. Why? Because that's how Jesus loved you and me. And so as we think, God, how do I do this? It's with all of it. It's with everything. Man, we, we talked about some practical tools during this series about how to love him. But really, when it comes down to it at the end, it's 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 everything. It's an all-in mentality that Jesus, no matter what, I'm not going to ascribe to just an easy believism that, man, I'm just going to pray a prayer or just do this or just do that and I'm going to get a get, out of jail free, get out of jail free card. That's not the heart at all. You know, you're not saved by your works. You're not saved by just doing X, Y, Z. It's not just about religion. You're saved when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But because of your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, he's gonna lead you to an all-in life style where you say, Jesus, it's not about my past. It's not about what I can do for you. It's about giving everything that I can and love to you. It's about every moment of your day, every breath of your life, every ambition that you have, all being given for the sake of the cross. In Galatians 6.14, Paul boils it down. And there's so many verses like this that just boil it all down to the irreducibles. But man, I love the wording of this and how Paul put it. Galatians 6.14, as for me, May I never boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, listen, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. I love that. My interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. Jesus, help us get to the place where we look at this world, where we look at what it offers, and we say, I'm not interested. Jesus, help us to get to the place where we look at this world and say, I'm not all in here. I'm all in with you, Jesus. Help us to get to the place where we love you with everything, every fiber of our our being. And love for you just pours out of our mind, of our heart, of our soul, and our strength. Jesus, we want all things to be new in our hearts so that we can be vessels, tools in your hand. God, we want our lives to overflow with love for you and love for others. Jesus, we invite you today to make all things new in us with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if this is your day where you just want to say, Jesus, I want to be new. I want to be a new creation. I want to step over from, I feel like I'm lost and I'm dead in my sin and I want to be alive in Christ. I want to be alive because of what you did for me in the cross. And you want to step into a relationship with Jesus Christ today. If that's you, with everybody's heads bowed, your eyes closed, that's you today just as a a symbol of surrender to Jesus I encourage you to just lift your hand towards heaven right now and say Jesus that's me I need a new start I need a new life I give my heart and my life to you in Jesus name and right now at your seat you can pray a simple prayer say Jesus I give my life to you I believe you died on the cross for me I believe you rose again from the grave And I want to live every single day from this point forward for your glory and for your honor and not for myself anymore. Help me to learn your word, to apply it to my life, and to lead others to do the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, you and I don't have enough strength. And so we've got to lean on Jesus. We've got to ask him to make our calling so clear. We've got to ask him to make, to help us to apply our energy to the best things, to the right things. And we've got to ask him to help us to serve other people with everything we've got. Amen? Amen. Stand with me today. I want to bless you before you go. When I'm done praying, I'll ask some of my my leaders here at Mosaic to come up front uh, to pray with people and if you need prayer they're available and they'd love to pray with you um, and and if, if if you're ready to go I just want to encourage you as you leave the auditorium or as you hang out in the lobby after service to meet somebody you know just uh, walk across the room get to know somebody uh, man just, just taking that step and just saying hey my name is um, could change the trajectory of your life you know, some of the best relationships I've ever had were in church, and sometimes it just starts with a, without, not even in a program or an event, but just a simple conversation, where you learn, man, you've really got things in common, and, and it just goes from there. And so I want to encourage you to make an effort to meet some new people today, as on your way out, and um, sign up for 101. If you would like to worship God with your giving today, uh, you can do so on the way out or online. And but thanks so much for being here. If you have any questions, come. Uh, catch me or Josiah or one of our board of directors. Um, and uh, we'll be just hanging around, hanging out in the lobby and around. And uh, we'd love to meet you if we haven't met you yet. And so come say hi. Uh, let me bless you before we leave. God, I, I thank you so much for your church. Just help us this week as we love our families and we go to work to just honor you with everything that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you're dismissed.